So a tabletop exercise is an activity that we do to simulate an event. So it's an informal discussion. There is a script. There's a leader that conducts it. So you stay on and you're reacting to this person saying, okay, this is what just happened. And then you're hoping you get a reaction from somewhere in the, you know, the table top. Um, you're preparing for all sorts of events. You know, um, think of it as a mock drill and you're doing it around a table. So you've got the people that are need to know in the table and you're walking through an actual scenario script with people. Well, welcome back to Cloud Talk, where we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology and to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help improve your business and those around you. Now, in today's episode, we continue with National Cybersecurity Awareness Month with a discussion with some cybersecurity professionals from here at Rackspace Technology and how they take an active approach to being prepared through the execution of what Karen just described as a tabletop exercise. Now, as always, stick around after the interview. There's some great information out there. Also, if you haven't already subscribed, well, now's a great time to do that while you listen to this week's episode. Now, one last thing. If you'd like to be more of an active participant in these types of conversations and not just a listener, well, join us live every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. All you have to do is follow Rackspace Technology on any of these sites to be notified when we go live and just use that comment feature to chat with us. All right, well, let's learn about tabletop exercises and the part they play in a holistic cybersecurity plan. The line between application and infrastructure is virtually invisible in these modern apps. The kind of thing that a global computing fabric with immense resilience and scale can deliver without even breaking the sweat. That's really what the promise of the cloud's always been. It's all focused on the business objectives. That's where we craft the plan. In the tech world, we like to celebrate the lone genius, but I'm just going to tell you right now, they're just the convenient face as founders to focus on. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Deverter. So National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, it happens every October, and our goal here at Rackspace Technology is to help demystify the topic of cybersecurity and to help raise awareness of tangible activities that businesses can do right now to help improve their security posture. Now, there are a lot of different strategies for, for doing that, how you how you are uh, operate in a defensive posture, how you, you can even be uh, offensive, or maybe a better way to say that is active defense. But I have Karen O'Reilly-Smith along for the ride again today. And who better to talk about cybersecurity than Karen? Karen, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad that you are here. Now, you, um, you've you got one or two years of experience in this field, if, if I'm correct. Oh, thank you very much. I've got quite a few. I've been doing cybersecurity for about 20 years now. All right. Well, then you have seen an awful lot of, well, in IT, we always say you've seen lots of change, but what you've seen is lots of changes in bad behavior. Absolutely. It has escalated over the last few years and it changes every year. I mean, it's different challenges um, and different attacks that we're seeing. 
that we constantly have to keep up with. Yeah, I've been reading um, some books just to help, you know, even myself get a better appreciation for, you know, <laughs> excuse me get a better appreciation for the threats that we, that businesses see, that individuals see, that nations see. And, uh, you know, when we look at, at the, the history of cybersecurity, you know, the stuff that happened at scale back in the nineties and 2000, early two thousands. I mean, the stuff at scale that was malicious was, you know, it, it was where nations who were doing the bad things. Uh, and the, the rest of it sure seemed to, you know, be, be kids trying to see, you know, if they could take a site down or if they could, you know, um, say naughty words on somebody's website, these sorts of things. But boy, have the, the, the bad guys gotten so many, so much more organized here of late. They have, you know, when I was back 20 years ago, we really worried about two things. You know, it was the small, maybe mom and pop, you know, two people that were just looking to, you know, abscond with a little bit of dollars or it was those young kids. Today, we've got nation states we worried about, very organized, um, you know, groups of people that are after infrastructure and, you know, um, and, you know, intelligence data. And then you, you still have the onesie twosies and you still have the young kids, but you're also dealing with people that want to make a statement like Occupy. You know, they want to make a statement on someone's website. Um, and then insider threat has grown over the years also, um, either from an insider threat or maybe a former employee or a, maybe a competitor or a vendor. So we always have to add those into the mix also. So what you're saying is um, entropy is not working here. Things are, are getting more complex. They're not getting uh, more, they're not breaking down, unfortunately. Exactly. And the internet of things has just expanded, you know, the attack surface that we all have to worry about now. I know it in this past you know year and a half of, of extreme digitization and rush to the cloud uh, brought on by, well, a lot of things, but really the catalyst was COVID and all of us running home. What an attack surface we have presented. Well, and the other thing that I think a lot about, too, is uh, when we think about, you know, what the bad guys are doing is the organization that happens there. You know, there's there there are there are true corporations that exist to help bad guys do bad things there. In fact, you even see, you know, um, what, what, what you could look at as organized crime in a traditional sense has literally just moved themselves online. And, you know, you, you, it doesn't take long to or much looking to figure out why, you know, you go back to the old um, uh, Bonnie and Clyde days and you say, well, why, why do bank robbers rob banks? Well, that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, money, we talk about currency, the currency that they're after these days isn't in a lot of cases, it isn't just dollars, it's reputation, it's um, knowledge, it's information, it's information, uh, IP, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. And why walk into a bank that you know is pretty fortified today and rob it when you can sit behind a computer screen um, and, you know, be that, you know, covert person um, and still get at the end of the day what you're looking for, which is money. Right. And do it even at scale in a way that you didn't before. So so as somebody who's been in uh, security for a good long time, in fact, your job here at Rackspace is how do you help keep Rackers and our customers secure? You know, you need to build a good defensive uh, posture. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, one of the things we do with the posture, I mean, it really is a defense in depth program. Um, we have various, you know, solutions throughout our architecture, our engineering, our governance, governance and risk. Um, and what we do is we put layers in. That's what we're looking for. We want to make sure the first layer is the bad guy sees it and goes, oh, OK, forget it. 
or they're like, oh, that's a challenge. And they keep going. So the more they go through the layers, the stronger we have to be on the defense. You want to be able to lock up the data you need like Fort Knox, Mm. but you got to be, you know, you can't lock up everything, Jeff. You know, we've got to be sure on what to lock up. What's the keys of the kingdom that we want locked up? That's where you put your money and that's where you put your resources. And that's what you're going to protect at hundred percent in the environment. Yeah. You know, um, IT isn't my first career. I don't know if you knew that, Karen. My first career was in music, uh, music engineering and production. But I went to this really small school uh, in the middle of Texas, and I, and I really enjoyed jazz music. And so I was playing guitar in a jazz band. And the the guy who was the, the the conductor of it was also the one who ran the whole you know music program. And he made a few statements early on. And this guy was ahead of his time. I guess I could tell you what was the year. The year would have been nineteen eighty eight. And we get in there and he is, he ends up on a diatribe because we've stopped playing whatever song we were doing. And he says, information is the most important thing that you can think about. And the person who controls information controls everything. It's more valuable than money. And and this is 88. Nobody understood what that was. The guy was obviously brilliant or crazy, but brilliant. I'm going to go with brilliant. Um, because your point around, you've got to lo- figure out what you've got to lock up and lock it up like Fort Knox. And that's your data, whatever that might be to you as an individual or as an organization. Absolutely. It could be intelligence to some people. It could be, you know, patents. Um, it could be data and assets in a corporation. So the companies have to decide what is their gold um, and you're going to lock it up. Right. Now, as we spend a lot of time talking about cybersecurity and we spend a lot of time planning for this National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, I had in my head that organizations would create this defensive posture and then um, and then they would uh, actively, you know, test it and so forth through an offensive plan. But I was actually talking to a security professional earlier in the week and he he didn't correct me. It's what he was doing, but he didn't say he was correcting me. But he actually said maybe a better way to say that is an active defense. So ways of doing different testing and so forth. So maybe maybe talk a little bit about strategies there on active defense. Sure. So one of the strategies around um, cyber testing, um, you know, there's we do various testing. So, you know, you want different aspects of your environment tested. So one could be vulnerability. Um, where we're going to go in and we're going to scan the environment and we're testing for gaps so that we can patch them. Another one might be pen testing where we're going to simulate, you know, uh, an attack and make it look kind of real to see what our reaction is. Then you've got yep, like and, blue and pen testing. I always like to jump in and say pen is being short. We're uh, it, penetration testing. We're trying yeah, to see it, if we can get through this application. Yeah. And it's legal legal hacking, Um, you know, and then there's blue team and red team. You know, we want to actually maybe put a real attack out there coming from the outside in, and we want to see what our teams are reacting. Are they detecting it? Are they monitoring? And we want to make sure it's as real as possible. And then, of course, we have tabletop exercises. Right, right. So on pen testing and red teaming, uh, I was doing some reading about that last week and and differences between the two. And I thought it was really sort of interesting because if any of you listening are you know part of IT and you're commissioning a new app or your your application is financial or has some sort of regulatory requirements, then there is the checkbox that you have had to done uh, penetration testing. Mm-hmm. Now, penetration testing means you're you're hiring an uh, an, an organization to try to get through this application and find any holes in it. Now, characteristics of it 
it's focused only on that application. It's focused at a specific time frame. Hey, we're kicking the sucker off at 8.30 on Monday. Uh, and it will last a certain amount of time. So the blast radius is pretty small. The time frame is pretty small. The thing that intrigues me about the red team, uh, blue team, red team type exercises is you, you commission an organization to go do this work. You don't know what angle they're trying to come in. Mm -hmm. You don't know what that attack surface might be. You really care about application ABC, but they could be coming through firewall XYZ. Mm -hmm. And uh, in anything that they can do to ultimately get in and not just get in, but get in and see what they can get. Uh, and so each of them having their place, you got to make sure the individual app is, is tight, but also then looking at everything around it because it's, it's that collateral damage that can so oftentimes leave a company exposed. Exactly. And you can do those tests. I mean, pen testing, red team, um, blue team, you can do them internally with your own organization, but you also want to get a view from the outside. Yeah. So even having that consultant come in and do it too, um, every so often throughout the year, uh, and then your teams will do it. And again, that's, the, that's it, Jeff, you want to make sure that you're doing it very convert, you know, um, so that people don't know about it and you yeah. spring it upon them. They think it's a real attack. You only tell the need to knows. Um, and then the other way is we're actually going to say, look, we're going to run a test and, you know, we're going to broadcast it and we're going to say, just be prepared. We're looking for reactions. Right, right. Or looking for an app might fall over. Um, but then the other piece that I thought was super interesting, and that's great because because here we're, we're, we're getting somebody who's not in the know to try to poke through, whether it's a single app or whether it's anything they can find a surface on. But then there's the, the mindset of now, how do we work and train and be ready just as individuals and as an organization? And that's your tabletop exercise. Why don't you walk through you know, a bit of a definition and some understanding there? Sure. So a tabletop exercise is an activity that we do to simulate an event. So it's an informal discussion. There is a script. There's a leader that conducts it. So mm -hmm. you stay on and you're reacting to this person saying, OK, this is what just happened. And then you're hoping you get a reaction from somewhere in the, you know, the table top. Um, you're preparing for all sorts of events. You know, um, think of it as a mock drill. Okay. And you're doing it around a table. So you've got the people that are need to know in the table and you're walking through an actual scenario script with people. So it's just like, you know, an organization or a municipality might might conduct a disaster preparedness plan where they here's a mock disaster that's going to happen. Of course, in this case, the disaster is cyber uh, and it's and it's focused on a single uh, organization. So that's really interesting. Now, now to help us have this conversation, to understand it more, you brought some friends with you today. I did. I brought two senior leaders on my cybersecurity team. I brought Thomas Darling in. Thomas um, actually runs our SOC for internal and external customers today. So he's on the receiving end of a lot of the cyber testing we do um, in order to defend it. Yeah. And then I brought in another one of my senior leaders, Brandon Jaster. And Brandon is the leader over our lot. He conducts these tests for the environment. Okay. Um, so that's what Brandon does. Red teaming, yellow. I mean, red team, you know, blue team, purple team. He does penetration testing, um, tabletop exercises and vulnerability. All right. So, gentlemen, welcome to the program. Uh, you know, Brandon, why don't we start with you? Uh, first of all. What what is your official title here at Rackspace that that you get to do such cool things? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, so I am a, a senior manager of cybersecurity. So I work with our threat and vulnerability analysis team. So we're responsible for vulnerability management, application security, offensive security, like Karen mentioned, and then cyber threat intelligence as well. 
Well, and I got to ask, what what was it that kind of drew you into this specific corner of IT? What was it that caught your attention? Yeah, so I think from an, uh, a really young age, I was always interested in computers and technology, video games growing up. And I was always, uh, I, I was just interested in how technology interacted with business. And as I was going through business school, there were uh, groups at my undergrad program uh, that were involved in uh, information systems and then also cybersecurity. And I started hanging out with the cybersecurity people and uh, working with groups that were uh, doing some of the attack and defense and really got interested in CTFs. And then I really just uh, narrowed in on this space from there. That's really interesting. Enjoy playing chess and enjoy chasing the bad guy. Yep. Sometimes being the bad guy, too. That's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Just when you play one at home or play one for the job and then put on your white hat again. Yeah, all legal. Well, uh, all legal, of course. And that is the interesting thing. So, you know, people think about as we as we raise awareness around this whole topic of cybersecurity, that um, that hacking is always it has this bad moniker to it. Right. You always think it's bad. It's a bad guy doing a bad thing. Well, in order to help create great defenses, we've got to behave like them in some cases to see, you know, find those vulnerabilities, find those holes, find the the code challenges or holes so that we can um, find them before the bad guy does so we can fix them. So so in your role, tell us about your role. What is what is it that you're doing in the context of, of these tabletop exercises? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think to elaborate on kind of what Karen mentioned, with all kinds of security testing, uh, you need to be really focused on what the goal is. What are you trying to achieve? And you can be really flexible as far as how you get there. So Typically, the goal whenever you are going through a tabletop activity, I really like to go back uh, to sort of some of the IT foundations. It's always about people, processes, and technology. And what are you most concerned about between those three? If you're concerned about your technologies, your applications, the devices that you're running, then you might be able to do use a tool, do a vulnerability scan, uh, maybe perform a penetration test if you've already remediated all those results. Uh, and then that, that might be all you need. If you are more concerned about some of the processes within the organization, how people are trained up, are they aware of processes, then I think that's when either a red team mission or a tabletop really come into play. So with the tabletop, that's when we would want to uh, have a, like we mentioned earlier, a mock scenario where there's some sort of attack going on. And we're asking our people, how would you respond to a situation like this? Who would you engage? What tools would you go to? Uh, And really try to see how our teams would respond to it from there. That's really interesting. You know, I keep... I keep looking for a corner of IT that's just technology, but it's always people, process, and technology. And I love the fact that also like like pen testing and red teaming are, are testing different aspects or different domains of those three three areas. Uh, in your experience, uh, do you do you see more issues in your experience in any industry or any company? Let's let's be very generic here. Um, do you see more issues with the technology that's that's trying to keep the bad guys out? Or, or are people really the, the problem here? Uh, I mean, I think it, it varies between different companies um, as far as whether they're, whether it's mostly a technology problem, mostly a people problem, mostly a process problem. Uh, I think every company and every organization out there could improve 
in all of those areas. It's just a matter of which one are you most concerned about and what's your priority. And then you just kind of work from there. Well, and if only we could keep it separate, because we could say we have a systems problem, but it was a person who made the decision about the systems problem as well. So here we are right back in the in, in the, the, the great circle of which of the problem it is. And it's all of them. It's always all of them. And so it comes back to, I guess, awareness. So what goes into a into a script? These, these are scripted out activities. What, what are we looking for? How far are we trying to reach in the organization? You know, you, you create them. You tell us about that. Yeah, so whenever you are coming up with a script, uh, you'd want to start with a likely scenario or a likely threat to your organization. What What is targeting your organization that you're concerned about that is a high risk? Uh, if we look in the news, there's all kind of headlines that we could start with of uh, breaches that have affected companies recently or compromises. So really, which of those are you concerned about affecting you? And then you can build a scenario off of that. Um, so there are, there's, there's lots of different areas that you can start with. And I think it starts with an internal conversation around threats and risks. Got it. Okay. So we're going to do one now for Rackspace. Uh, think of us or one that maybe we've done in the past, um, I would have a tangible specific example. How did you model one for Rackspace after something you saw in the wild? Um, yeah, so I, I think if uh, if we were to to model one for us, uh, to what Karen mentioned with uh, an insider threat scenario, it would be uh, if if you're concerned about uh, employee access to data. She Karen mentioned sort of defense in depth. Uh, separation of duties is really important for insider threat. Uh, if all of your employees have access to all of your data, uh, then that might be a concern. So you might pick a scenario where. Um, maybe one of your employees takes some important financial information and sends it out, uh, out of an email to their personal inbox or to another company, and then talk through how our defensive teams might go about analyzing that. Uh, if we have any preventative measures in place, how would we implement those? How would we respond to that? Do our legal teams understand what the impact would be? Do our teams know to work together in order to, to respond to that, um, and really just sort of build out a scenario uh, based off of a scenario like that. Uh, one other example might be uh, if you are uh, concerned about phishing attacks on user workstations. So you might want to walk through a scenario where uh, malware gets installed on a user workstation. Ransomware is really common these days. So if ransomware gets installed on a user workstation, um, and maybe it spreads to one or two other computers, how would your IT response team respond to that? Uh, do your defensive tools have the capabilities to prevent that or recover from it? And then do your response teams understand uh, how we can implement a disaster recovery plan so that we can get back to operations, get clean workstations back in the user's hands so we can get back to it? So there, there are lots of different angles and depending on how you want to build out the scenario and how you want to design it, you want to include different people from the organization as part of the tabletop. Yeah, that's one of the things that's really impressing me about about your examples here. And that is you're talking about uh, sales data, got to get with legal, we got to figure out how we're going to interact with IT. Uh, it really does uh, talk to and address, it sounds like it, by design, uh, a large part of the organization. So when you run one of these exercises, how long does it take to go through one? I mean, is this something you do in a morning? Does it take a week? Give us a, a frame of reference. 
Yeah, so I, I think it, it starts based on your goals and kind of how you have it designed. So uh, if your uh, goal is really broad, like do we have a capability that works in place? And talking through sort of a high level nebulous idea, uh, then it might take a while to, to dig down into all of the uh, potential scenarios that might affect it. So it, it, it could really take anywhere from um, just like a 15 or 30 minute conversation if you're like picking up uh, one specific thing, or if it's a really yeah. broad idea, it might take hours or even a full day to talk through everything. So that's an awesome point because you really can just be testing a specific scenario of a, of a specific use case going, eh, will people fall for this? Or if somebody clicks on this, what's what's going to happen? Um, so that's really, really interesting. All right. So we so we, we create these scripts. We run them. Either they take a short amount of time or a long amount of time. And then along comes Thomas. Along comes Thomas to help us figure out what did, what did we learn from this and what do we need to do? Because I would imagine if we've run this right, we find a problem and it's okay to find a problem. In fact, it's a good thing to find a problem, right, Thomas? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the, one of the common things that uh, we say in cybersecurity is you never let a good incident go to waste. And even better <laughs> if it's, if it's not a, uh, an active incident, if it's a simulation. Right. Right. All right. So, so we, you get, are you a part of the, first of all, are you a part of the tabletop exercise or are you just re uh, reviewing the, the output documents and so forth? Uh, so usually in, in our department, we're one of the, uh, we're one of the receiving teams uh, of the exercise. Uh, we're generally the ones that are kind of brought in the loop and uh, we're the, kind of the ones that kind of go over um, kind of what next steps and what lessons are learned as a result. Got it. So, in the, in the beginning parts of it, like as you're a participant, are you aware that it's a tabletop exercise? Sometimes. Uh, I mean, usually for tabletops, uh, those, uh, those details will be kind of ironed out ahead of time. Um, but okay. I mean, as Karen mentioned, there, a lot of times uh, in, in active or simulated uh, incidents, you'll want to have, uh, you'll, you'll want to be... Um, as, uh, as covert as possible. Right. So just like in any good IT project, the phrase, it depends, really applies here. So by design, whatever it is we're trying to test for and learn, it depends who's who's in the know and who's not in the know. All right. So we got all these this outcome. So what, what, what do we do with the output? Um, so uh, as, as Brandon mentioned, like you want to start with goals and uh, – Kind of the the first things that you'll you'll go over as a result is well did we meet those goals outlined in the design um, can we fully resolve the asks of the scenario with the people and documentation at hand or is there tribal knowledge that needs to be documented and shared um, and how well does that current document and processes hold up to those proposed scenarios um, an another area to of concern is if if there's additional training investment, whether it's hours or dollars, uh, to expand that awareness to teams that may not know they're involved in those scenarios. Um, let's see. Um, and do those, do the, uh, so two additional points on that is, do the involved teams know the right paths to follow? And do uninvolved teams know how to initiate, like if, if those scenarios come up and, and they don't know they're involved? 
you know, every time Karen and I have this conversation about this, I keep going through every interaction I've had, especially a security call going, was I a part of one and didn't even know? So there's a possibility. Um, it is always a possibility. So, so Karen, you know, how do you help to, to work with these gentlemen to, you know, refine not just the scenario, you know, scenarios are interesting, but the, you know, um, Thomas, you make the great point and it's, what are the goals? So how do you help in crafting the goals of these different activities? And you come up to, to Brandon and say, Brandon, this is what we got to know. This is what we want to know that this is the piece we want to test. Yeah, we really determine, I mean, we sit together as a team and you got to have the objective, probably the topic, the length, and you got to prep for it. And you got to ask yourself questions, you know, when, um, who is it appropriate for our organization? You know, there may be a scenario we run, I mean, uh, Rackspace is a technology company um, and there may be an oil company, you know, um, breach in the wild that we're thinking, oh, that'd be a good one to run. We're not an oil company. So how do we tweak that scenario for Rackspace? So we'll do that. We want to make sure we have it. We got to determine the length. We've got to have everyone who's participating. You got to have their buy in. You got to make sure everyone's going to take this very seriously. Um, They're going to give 100 percent. You know, there's no outside distractions, but you also got to do an exercise too at some time that's going to challenge something we've never been up against before. And you want to see how people think outside the box. You know, we don't have a process for that. And we may know we don't have a process for that. So let's throw something out there so wild um, and let's see how people think on their feet. Um, So that's always a good one, but it's to document the objective. And like Thomas said, you got to have the goals of it. Because then we go back and say, okay, did we achieve the objective? Did we meet the goals or did we fall short? If we fell short, what are our action plans we're going to put in place next? Yeah, I love the fact that you helped challenge around thinking about something wild and outside of the box. I mean, I call that, I was just talking to somebody the other day about the topic and we're going through all, they were saying, well, what do we need to do in this industry to be prepared? They were talking about the holiday season. And so I was giving them all sorts of reasons, things they needed to do. And the last was, chaos impact. What aren't you thinking about? Go find someone who can go sit in a room by themselves and think about the most outlandish thing that could happen because that's what the adversaries are doing. I mean, I've been, I told you earlier, I was been, you know, reading and researching a lot, even of cybersecurity of old. And I was reading about Stuxnet and how that whole thing went and took out all those centrifuges. And from the simplest little exploit on a thumb drive to a printer issue to, uh, and it's just hopped and hopped and hopped to what eventually found what it was looking for. Um, and, and you know, when, when Microsoft had the issue with how they discovered printers, I would venture to guess nobody ever thought that it would be used as an offensive weapon from one state against another. Absolutely. And as security professionals, it doesn't take a lot, a lot for them to think of the scariest situation <laughs> that they ever can conceive um, because we play in that world all day long. So, right. I mean, you can really get really outside the box on some of the stuff. All right. So, so, um, so Brandon, I have to know what's the most outside the box thing we've, we've thrown at, at, at Rackspace or other organizations you've worked with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we we talk do, about. right. <laughs> Uh, so we do regular testing of, of a lot of our systems. Um, some of the things that we've done in the past, uh, whether it's it's red team missions or pen tests, um, we have done incidents where sometimes if if as a red team we are um, we 
we set up some infrastructure that looks like it is legitimate uh, tools and legitimate servers. And then we install our security tools on it and then compromise the machine and then uh, start generating malicious traffic on it. Um, there have been times when uh, if we uh, compromise the server and then people are starting to triage and then sometimes as an attacker, if we're able to um, kind of interrupt the the triage process or get access to the people that are trying to help in the security incident um that yeah. can that can create a lot of chaos and uh throw a wrench in in some of our response plans so uh there's, there's definitely know, some interesting things that could that could go on yeah what, uh, what was that thomas i said good to know brandon it's always fun messing with the blue team so uh, i will say that <laughs> but just so happens that you guys can't see this but of course thomas wore a blue shirt mr blue team he's always <laughs> representing someone has to there you go so um without giving away state secrets or anything what are some of the um, uh, direct or indirect things that we've benefited from at Rackspace as an organization from doing this. Again, this is meant to be an encouragement for you guys to, if you haven't already gone down the road of doing this type of work, these are some of the benefits that you'll see from it. Hopefully you've, you've envisioned some in your head, but what, what have we realized here, um, Karen or anyone who wants to answer? I think it's testing current practices, you know, people and technology, you know, I mean, we always like to, you know, think that we're fully protected, but I, I think it will pull out those gaps that we, maybe we didn't think about, or maybe we overlooked. So that's one of the advantages of even doing one, you know, not only is that people will tell you it's low cost, low risk, cause you're not touching anything as systems. Um, but it really is to really run processes through their paces. Um, and we have found gaps in processes. I, I've worked at several companies and we found processes and gaps. Um, and it's not something like you said, you know, Jeff, it's not something to be ashamed of. I mean, we expect to find this, you know, it's kind of like keeping additional eyes on paper and eyes on technology um, to point out things like this. And I, I think you find them all the time, you know, just, you think you're good. I mean, I always like to think I'm good. My organization's great. Um, but you know, it, it's a test of ourselves. So I think you need to stay on top of it. Find the problems before the bad guys do. A, a, a sort of tangential question for you, Karen. You know, having the resources to be able to do these sorts of activities uh, in a time when IT resources are hard to come by, is it hard for you to? Um, all right, now that maybe that's the wrong way to ask the question. Um, what are good strategies to help ensure that this is something that all of Rackspace supports, both you and your budget, but as well as the other folks that are now going to be drug into this exercise? You're pulling legal and you're pulling finance and anybody who might be touched. Um, how do you get how, how do you go about getting buy in for that? Yeah, I think it's planning, planning, planning. You know, you got to plan these in advance. You got to let certain key individuals know that you're doing this. So, I mean, there are certain executive leadership team we bring into it to say, here's what we're going to do. And we try to plan them, you know, a little bit more than semi-annual. We try to do them quarterly, even if it's one of those small exercises, but it's planning to ensure the resources will be available to us. So we don't spring it upon people. I mean, we really do. We might, you know, maybe the ultimate end user we might, um, but the ones that need to be notified, it's definite planning. I mean, you got to plan out these scenarios. Planning and communication, I would imagine, Thomas, you get pulled into that as well when you start looking at, you know, the, the, the outcome from it. How do you, you know, we, planning and communication going in, but then also look at the things we're tracking and have figured out 
kind of on, on the flip side of it to be able to, you know, count that win because you found it, not the bad guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and another, another thing kind of in a similar vein to that is, um, depending on the scope of the tabletops, you can, it is an opportunity to strengthen relationships between siloed departments or even vendors if they're included in the tabletops as well. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Brandon, you were about to had something to say. Yeah, one thing that I'll mention, yeah, related to the the design phase, whenever we're first setting up a tabletop, um, it, it's really important to identify who your stakeholders are during the design so that you know who you need to include as the tabletop's happening. Um, and typically what you'll do is you'll work with a, a group of leaders to determine, okay, what what's the the end goal of the tabletop? How do we want to execute it? And how do we sort of imagine the the script playing out? So we, we start to build that out a little bit. And then as we're sort of playing out the script and starting to pull in uh, different technologies or have questions in different areas, then you can identify who are either other leaders, other teams that we need to work with. And then uh, once you have that really good design session where you figure out who all you need to work with, um, if you're working among leaders, then hopefully those leaders will also have uh, sort of the authority within your organization to say, yes, these people can be a part of your tabletop for 30 minutes, an hour, several hours, however long it may be. Uh, so that that's a really good way to sort of create buy-in across the whole organization. Got it. Ultimately, it's a project, right? Whether it's a small project or a big project, I hear stakeholders, I hear goals, I hear deliverables, I hear buy-in, I hear communication. Um, it's a project with a, an intent to make things stronger and more secure, if I were to take and sum up our last 35 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes we'll have uh, security project managers might get involved uh, we might have different managers from different teams that would get involved to help coordinate it. Uh, I think structuring them similar to a project is is spot on. Uh, you need to have timeline, budget, uh, resourcing, sort of work breakdown. Who's doing what? What does the scenario look like? All those things need to be planned out in advance. Um, and I, I think the roles during the tabletop are really important as well. So typically you'll have uh, one person that is sort of your executive sponsor. So that's the person that that has the question or the the end goal that we need to be able to answer. Uh, they'll usually delegate one leader uh, that can kind of organize the members, uh, refine the goals, uh, drill down on on what the scenario might look like. And then during the exercise itself, you'll have a facilitator that presents the scenario, guides the discussion. Uh, sometimes they can add injects to the discussion. Uh, if it seems like the conversation's leading into uh, sort of a dead end or going down a rabbit hole that's not quite relevant to kind of keep the conversation on track. Um, you'll also include a scribe that is just there to document, like how is the conversation going as far as uh, what technologies are we talking through? Are they bringing up the right processes? What are outstanding questions or concerns to talk through? And what are some of the potential action items that we might need to have as a follow-up? Um, and then there might be some observers and um, other people that are just sitting on, on it in on the tabletop, but aren't active participants. Uh, and then the participants are the people on the teams that are doing all of your incident response. So there's there's a lot of people that get involved with these as well. These, to do them well, there's obviously a ton of people involved to... Uh, Wait, it's got to be real. I mean, it can't just feel like there's somebody down in the secure down in the knock who's you know poking at people, going, 
what would you do if somebody called and asked for this? No, it's got to be somebody calling to ask for that or, you know, going through the scenario. Super interesting. Got to be real. Uh, Takes Karen, a team. Yep. And yep. Uh, kind of closing thoughts, Karen, um, uh, around the whole topic. Anything we haven't addressed? You know, I, I think people need to realize, too, you know, there are some disadvantages. I mean, that's not a real exercise. You know, it's not happening in real time. Sometimes you're not at you're not you don't have hands on keyboards. So you're not really testing applications and systems. You're just saying, OK, if we did this, if I was asked to do this, this is what would happen. Would that really happen? So we don't see that piece of it. Um, and also, I think, you know, when you get into a crisis like, you know, Thomas said, we never want a crisis um, to go you know, um, without usage afterwards. Um, one of the things is that there's no adrenaline flowing. You know, when you're in a real crisis, it's all hands on deck. You know, sometimes you're on a crisis for 24, 48, 72 hours. I've even been up to up to a week. Um, you know, that adrenaline keeps flowing and you don't have that. It's more of a relax. So you, you know, you do have to make sure that people are kept on their toes. So hopefully the facilitator is throwing in pieces that, you know, people would not expect throughout it. Um, to keep it going, keep everyone active. Um, but I think it's one of the tools in the toolbox. I, I think it's another test. It's a different type of test. And like I said, when you're talking security and defense, you got to have all these tools in the box in order to pull them from. And I think we do. And I think as professionals, we use all of these in different ways, like you'd said before, um, but they are there for a purpose. Wow. Yeah. Just another tool in the toolbox, another way to look at the organization, a different angle, a different way to test. Love the fact that, that Brandon, you call out the fact that it's, you know, it's a way to get after those people in those, in the processes and see where things break down. I think Karen, your point also, the fact that there isn't adrenaline because that does skew people's decisions as well. So you aren't getting completely um, straight picture, but you may be also getting a little more urgency in those scenarios that you wouldn't have before. And then, you know, of course, Thomas with, you know, how you could take this data and, uh, and help the organization learn from it, change systems, change behaviors, change processes, um, so that uh, any issues that were found are, are remediated. Well, uh, Karen, Brandon, and Thomas, thank you so much for being a part of the program today. And everyone, I hope that uh, you found this useful. I know that that I've been very engaged in the conversation, and it's an amazing tool for testing really a 360-degree test of what are the people and processes around these systems, around your organization that could create a vulnerability if not tested and found out early. So, Everyone, thanks for being a part of the program. Thanks, Jeff. This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com. So tabletop exercises, what an awesome way to proactively test your plans and test those systems and the people and all the processes to ensure they're up to the task before the attack begins. As I mentioned before the program, if you want to be a part of these sorts of conversations in a more live fashion, well, join us every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 Central Time in the morning for live sessions on LinkedIn, 
Twitter, and YouTube all at the same time. You can comment in the comment section down below. We see those live and interact with everyone who is there. Would love for you to be a part of that. Now, also, don't forget to head over to Rackspace.com slash solve for articles, podcasts, videos, research papers. All of it is over there, and all of it is 100% free. It's our way to give back to the community to help you guys all just be better with IT. And lastly, a huge thank you to Dell Technologies for everything that they do to help support us here at the Solve Program at Rackspace Technology. Now, don't forget to subscribe to Cloud Talk as we put one of these out every single week. So with that, until next week, I'm Jeff Deverter for Cloud Talk.